and you know, that, and, and, and it's a comfort, but there's more to your experience. So I want you to look at me, and uh, again, the only one you can get to but if not, um, it'll be a funny thing. I said it before, if you don't have a Bible and you want one, there are Bibles in front of you in the chairs. If you need a Bible, you can have that. Take it down and read it. Let's look at, let's look at some people's scripture. Paul says that to bring you up to date, I think it's beautiful. So this is the end of, um, this is the end of, uh, of the book of Ephesians. And so he's going to Paul doing this again, where he is saying some things about people. just to bring you up to date, I think it's to give you a full report about what I'm doing now and how I'm getting along. So he is uh, a person that's going to give them a report. Listen to what it says. He is a beloved brother and a faithful helper. Beloved brother, faithful helper in the Lord's word. I have sent him to you for this very purpose to let me know how he was doing and what well. in creation. Isn't that cool? Terrific. He's writing this place to the churches, the people, the, uh, the body of Christ, the, uh, uh, the followers of Christ in Ephesus. He's taking sentence from other brothers. He's a faithful helper in the Lord's word. He's coming from this purpose. He's the purpose of why he's coming to the way you know how we're doing. You know, report what's going on with you. So I expect to encourage you. Now look at, okay, so we jump to Colossians. I'm just going to look at this. Right? So the city of Colossians, Colossians 4, 7, and 8. Time cases will give you a full report about how I'm getting along. Does this sound real familiar to your Here's what. He is a beloved brother and a faithful prophet who served you in the Lord's work. I have sent him to you for this very purpose to love you and have you and to encourage you. A little bit of respect to another church, another thing. He's sending to us, he's sending to Colossae, and he said, This guy's a faithful brother, he's a beloved brother. We love this guy. To be beloved means he is great enough. We love this guy, he is faithful. We're going to send him, and he has a gift of encouragement. He's going to bring you encouragement and let you know what's going on. Beloved, well loved, well respected, and faithful. He has a gift of encouragement. Now, this is huge. You've got to understand in context about what was going on during that time. There was great persecution to this first church. This is where, again, you remember Acts 2, the church was born, and, and, and Paul, who was Saul, has a confrontation with the Lord, um, and, and, and all of a sudden he's actually persecuting Christians, and then Jesus calls them out. Now he's planting churches all across the region. Now he's sending Titus to be encouragement. You've got to understand. In these areas, persecution towards Christianity was heavy. People were being arrested, and people were being executed, people were being tortured for their faith. And so he's bringing this gift of encouragement. It's hard, but God is working. That's why he said, He's going to let you know what's going on. It's like, can you imagine? They didn't, you know, they didn't have Facebook. They were like, you know, they didn't want to follow you. Right? What's Paul up to? Oh, good. He's, he's doing good. He's doing good. It's been evil. And so, Titus comes, and you don't understand where if this group of believers in Colossae and Ephesus to fail glory in the persecution, and they hear about love and friends maybe being arrested, and here comes Titus to gather around. The Paul has written, I am encouraging you, I want you to know, although it might be tough, although it might be hard, hang on, God is at work. The gospel is being spread, people coming to know Christ. 
because of those things on the book of your work. I really encourage you to hold on. The gospel is being preached. The gospel is going on across the earth. And so he's giving them this encouragement. Lord, letting them know, giving them a report. Don't be discouraged when you're hearing negative things. Don't be weary and well doing. I think what God wants to speak to us is no matter what you're going through, no matter the negative things you're going through, we see this and do it through the light of tactics. And then God wants to encourage us that we can be an encouragement to others. To say that yes, it's hard, but God is still on the throne. As Jim said this morning, that I'm going to It might look grim. It might look like that we're looking in. But God is faithful. He's working, and the gospel is being advanced, and people are going free, and you can do lots of work. You encourage. Stand with me. Nobody else is going to stand with God. I love people with a gift of encouragement. And you think the word encouragement is the word courage is in there. Really, it's more than just making you happy. They are enabling courage in your heart because sometimes people feel like giving up. That's why we are to be carriers of an encouraging spirit no matter where we go. You never know the people you're going to come from, but that is an outstanding event that we have to come in the long weekend the people that we can find up with. People in the store, people that need stranger with you, not by accident. Just like these big heroes, not by accident. Your day is not set up by accident to get followers to you. Somebody can you can encourage in the world, maybe how are you doing it, that somebody is just paying attention to you. Don't diminish what God might be doing. Point your way from the encouraging things. Point your way from the negative and discouraging things to what God is doing. His faithfulness, His grace, His mercy, and that. And then Second Timothy four twelve. I love this. Thing. I think I get this throughout the He's telling Timothy, you know what that speaks of? It speaks of trustworthiness. He's a faithful brother. He said, you know, he's a faithful brother. He's a beloved friend. He said, I, I send him. In other words, faithful people, you can send them without worrying, you know. I send him because he is good. He is a beloved brother. I trust him implicitly of what he's doing. So God's people can tell people that we would be beloved brothers and sisters, faithful helpers, encouragers. What if the church was filled with pickets? I'm trying to stay that far from the government and do that. What if the church was filled with people like that? He's a beloved brother. He's a faithful brother. He's an encouraged brother. The light that was shining from the sky. He's left to this man's life. He is beating. Interesting that the thing that's mentioned briefly again in Romans 16, Paul, at the end of his letter to the Romans church, he mentioned that this lady briefly, and this is all that we can put out there. Again, he's commanding people who are to him. And listen to what it says about him. 
all of faith, people sitting in the room. Sacrifice the member of your own fellowship, so he's from among them. And I told you, from the things you hit him, he's going to be grateful. He's a companion. He always prays for you. Listen to this. He always prays for us if you ask him God to make you strong and put a full confidence that you'll follow him the whole world of God. First person, I can assure you that he can call for you. And I'm still for the believers in the Holy Spirit that are out there. I'm for the Spirit of the Lord. In other words, Paul says, I'm going to stand in this program. He's a program of the Lord. He lifts you up. He is praying that you would walk in his strength and the glory of God. As we are called to pray for others, pray for each other. Lift up the body of Christ. Not only pray for us in here, but pray for the greater body of Christ. Pray for pastors, pray for Christians, pray for persecuted Christians from all over the world. Pray for us that we are to talk to God and be part of other believers. If you're the faithful servant and professor, pray for the church diligently. Again, I love Paul says, I can assure you. In other words, Paul has first-hand experience of this guy, of his prayer. He's sitting with me, but I can assure you that he plays hard for you. He's in a field for you. He's praying for you that you would know the way of God and you would walk in support. And you would make him strong because of knowing the hold of the God. He's a prayer warrior. We believe that prayer matters when you're talking to God and that's a God's calling, and God moves from the earth. And so all three of these things that are highlighted because of what they're faithfulness. Helpful servants that were motivated by their own relationship with Jesus. Because of Jesus, they were, and you know what Paul said, he said, you know, um, one of his letters, he said, we do what we do because we love us most to praise us. I mean, about that. In other words, we're not, we're not driven by works. We're not driven to try to get God's life this more. We're not doing good work to try to somehow get God's attention. No, we love Him. He loves us. So out of that, we are compelled to do what God has called us to do. The love of Christ compels us. And so, knowing what Christ did for us, that He died on the cross to give you the gospel of Jesus, and all three of these people have received the gospel of Jesus, He has saved you, He has set me free, He's given me a new life, He's given me a new name, He's given me a new purpose, He has taken the old sin, the old person, and He has removed my sin as far as the evil from the left, He has set me free, He has set me on a new path, and therefore, out of love, I can't help but follow him and do what he's called me to do. I need to be an active member of the body of Christ because of what Jesus did for me. The love of Christ compels me. Because of him, I want to faithfully serve. Because of him, I want to be a helper to others. I want to give my life to the gospel. I want to give my life to the kingdom of God. The mystery and vision of the church. Wherever I need it. That's what Paul really said. Wherever I need it. Wherever you need me, Paul. You need me to deliver news to these people. I'll do that. Here, give me the light of hope. I'll just serve these people. I'll go and be a helper to them. This is why faithfulness is so important. This is why we see these three people now, and that the theme of their lives is faithfulness. And remember when Jesus was given the parables at the end of the age, and he said that we all would stand before him, because all of us would stand before him. 
We will stand before Him. He will judge our lives. And, and here's the words we want to hear. Right? Well done, well good and faithful servant. That's what Jesus said. He's looking for faithfulness. He's looking for faithfulness. And I pray that God, I pray that regularly, Lord, I, I want to hear those words. That's the words I want to hear. Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter in. You are faithful to me. We will all stand before God and we will give an account. And that's why faithfulness is so important because those are even the words that Jesus says when he gives those parables at the end of the age. Those faithful people will stand before me and he will look them and ask me and ask and he will look them and well done and good and faithful to Those who are faithful will receive each other. Again, not just faithful in work to be lost to something, but they're motivated by the relationship of Jesus. It's a good thing to be a faithful person. What's the trace of faith? What's the trace of faith in the center of this video? Trace the faithfulness of the people that love Jesus to live in the life and motivated by the love for the love of Christ and the family. Faithful people that are alive are people that you can count on. You can count on them. And you see that with all three of these people, they, they, they're really alive, they're trustworthy. You don't have to worry about what they're doing. You don't have to think about, oh no, I wonder, I'll sit them out there and I think I just made the biggest mistake of my all they can say, and my, uh, my friend Everbrass, keep an eye on him. Keep a close eye on him and watch your wife. You know, he doesn't say, he's been to this trustworthy youth. I don't have to worry about them. They, 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 they understand what's going on. They understand the greater reason. They understand the greater mission of the faith. They understand the kingdom of God and the gospel. They are trustworthy Faithful people, they got your back, right? They won't stab you in the back, but they they guard your back. You got me. I will be with you. I will fight for you. Faithful people are not about promoting themselves, but they promote Jesus. What about His name? None of these people were looking to get their name. They they weren't saying, "Hey, Paul, I'll serve you." But hey, at the end of Romans, you know, in that chapter, please wait for me. For people to know what they're doing. None of them cared about getting their names and lives. Faithful people don't need to be screened. These are hidden parts again. They just know that we're living for the audience of the God's thinking and motivated by His love. Faithful people take a minute to You don't have to ask them. They are working for some stuff. I love that everybody said about Phoebe. He said, I to many. In other words, this lady is looking around. Who can we serve? Who can we love? I love Jesus and love people. Faithful people look for ways to serve. Them. Faithful people are honorable. Faithful people maintain a great attitude. They're not complaining about it. They're not doctoring. They're not backfighting. They're not complaining about what they don't have or what's going on or what they don't like or what's wrong with this or what's wrong with that. Constantly negative. They're just saying, because of the love of Jesus, and I'm going to focus on pain and I'm going to focus on what God is doing. I'm going to have the encouragement to hear them myself and then I'm going to encourage others. Are you faithful? Again, 
again asking the Lord, what shall we speak to you to others? And don't you love it when God speaks something and, and then you have a confirmation? You don't always get that, but there's those confirmations. And I was putting together this term, you know, then over the weekend, and, and then you get this uh, email, daily devotion, email. And in one of them, I was doing this message, and this was Friday, and this on Thursday, and I'm out when I'm done, and then I there's this email that comes up, daily devotion email, and it's about good and faithful to me. I'm sure about that. Some of you read it part of this. This is often caring, even if you've ever heard of her, and um, she writes, she has to offer the book about it, and say for God's kingdom. Here's what she says. She says this. She said, I attended a funeral recently for my first friend, Debbie's death. Few people look forward to attending funeral, but that is the last of one thing that they can remember who they love you. This funeral really was for the moment of ordinary things. I love, I love that phrase, ordinary things. I witnessed and take from the presentation of words to those left behind a man who loved his friends, his community, his family, and most of all, his A man who knew how to feel a part of him, but not to feel a part Mr. H's funeral was an inspiration. I came home determining that if I had to grow up, I wouldn't be just like him. The Medal of Honor to military services, Kiwanis, membership, and community. The Green was offered wife of six decades, the commitment to raise his kids in the way God expects the building he did with his grandkids and his great granddaughter. He always comes to his volumes and just comes to his home. But what hit me the most was that he did so much secretly. I wouldn't call him a fireman if he always had a joke or a witty comment whenever I viewed him, but he gave quietly. One by one, stories began to emerge at the time he was selfishly without recognition gave. Sometimes it was selling neighbors from all the way down to the lines and taking them upon the building property. It doesn't update nothing. Another time it was quietly paying the church's tax bill $1,000. At first, he didn't even take it. Yet another story of the time when each week for an entire year he pumped a $100 bill into a struggling family's mailbox, expecting every payment except for the joy of knowing he was giving to his family of preference. Mr. Oak also was probably the most loyal husband I knew. He fell perfectly and visibly in love with his dear wife of 62 years, caring for her quietly and lovingly through more than 50 of those years from her medical condition required countless hospital trips and stays, caring for his children alone from those times, and in administering home care for her in her later years, often in the fall. He never complained. He counted with a sincere joy of her with sweet, loving, amazing. As a chapter weeping, I'm struck by the holy moment this man created in these seemingly mundane days of the world. So often we want thrill, excitement, recognition, purpose. Mr. H. found purpose finally proving the purpose person standing in front of him with an audience of only one. Now he's the one, he's the one forever, no doubt hearing the words of Jesus quite down, couldn't take the soul into the joy of the world. Yet, through the nearly quarter century that I knew my friend's father, whenever I looked at him, I still thought of him, but mostly, I talked to him. 
Oh, that we would all need to live and lead to the love of Timothy. I want to be more like Timothy. I want to be more like Phoebe. I want to be more like Epiphany. I want to be a beloved brother, honorable, worthy of honor, hospitable, helpful. I want to be like Abraham, who is a faithful brother, diligent and clear. Most importantly, I want to be able to stay to me when I'm going to be faithful, stay to me. My encouragement for you is to be constructed in all of them. What is God speaking to your heart? So we do like James said, we hear the word and then we all be doing it for We hear the word and we forget what we're doing. So what is the Holy Spirit saying to you today? How do you step back today and say, God, if it begins today, we're all going to get saved. I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to be present. I want to show up. I want people to get a camp on me. I want the church to turn on me. I want to be a part of the body of Christ. And I want to function in the role that God has called me until Jesus calls me home. I will be wrong and ready. Thank you for your love. Again, I thank you for calling us to pointing out and setting us to fight and calling us to faithfulness and we have prayed today, God, that we would sincerely examine our hearts and the things that we've done to us. That we'd be a faithful people, a honorable people, people that would be said of us, we could come they were reliable. They carried the gospel. They were motivated by the love of Jesus in all that they did. God made it so great. But touch our hearts, not the sudden things we are missing with you. We are carrying the gospel. But who can we encourage today? Who can we speak life into today? How can we be faithful in our spirit? Well, we honor you, bless you, bless you, again, I put blessing on the dads here. Thank you for their life. Thank you for the hidden things that dads do, and I'm feeling pleased with Lord, that you do. Help us to live all of us in the audience of men. But no one who's watching that, that you see us all to me, please do the things that we do, the way we live our lives, and the way we see them, please just do it. And then, God bless you, God, and you're wonderful, Lord, today.